What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 38 of the Whatnots Review Show, where each week we have a different story to talk about. Could be a comic, could be a movie, could be both, could be something else. We read it, we watch it, we do what we have to do. We come back here and talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. What up? Hello, How Kyle. How are you this morning? Good. I am excited to be here. This oh, is. Good. <laughs> I didn't want to be here at all. <laughs> Fuck this show. Um, no, this is. Uh, I mentioned it's episode thirty-eight, but it is the final episode of the review show yeah. for two thousand and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be taking a couple weeks off for the holidays, and then we will return uh, back in twenty nineteen, and it should be pretty exciting. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, you know what? I forgot to do. What? I forgot to do the little social thing. So th- there you go. If you guys are watching this live on stream or on YouTube, you can see our name and our Twitter handles and stuff like that. And I have one more surprise for us uh, coming down the road. I, I Since <gasps> Melissa doesn't really check Twitter, she might not have seen it yet. What is uh, it? But I, I have the spoiler alert thing. Oh, yeah. All finished. So, so yeah. Um, this episode is going to be pretty neat because you and I have not done an episode like this uh, in the past, what, like eight months that, that we've been no. doing this show together? The last not 38 really. episodes. Or I guess like last 35-ish since I did yeah. the first three by myself. Um, oh, <laughs> But... Uh, when I first started this podcast, uh, three years ago, one of the things that me and my co-creator Paul would sometimes do is we would do a compare and contrast episode. We Mm -hmm. cover a lot of movies or comics or anime and manga that often have other adaptions of them. And so this week we ended up going with a compare and contrast episode for a comic and a TV show called Happy mm-hmm. with an exclamation mark. Yes. It means it's extra happy. Um, extra happy. Yeah. The comic, actually, I should have this information up readily mm-hmm. available. I know it's written by Grant Morrison. I don't know who the artist is off the top of my head. And no. I should know that. <laughs> it's the end of the year and we're still not prepared uh come on internet move a little faster than that please dr google help me out okay why is my internet being slow anyways it is both a comic book and a tv show um season one is on netflix uh right now and the comic book is only four issues long Mm -hmm. Uh, so you can get it for pretty cheap um, if you can't find it at a local bookstore, comicsology.com has the book, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you guys can find it there. What up to Grizz Kills? Thank Hello. you for stopping by in the chat. Um, I am trying to figure out who the artist is on Happy. My internet is being slow. It's a comic book. Let's see. Happy Comic. 
book. I read it on Comixology and I already turned my tablet off and left it in the other that's, room. That's Otherwise, what I, I should have done is have it on have it on the the thing there. Okay, happy Wikipedia. Um someone out there probably already knows the answer to, to this. Let's see. Apparently there's also a Japanese sports manga of the same name. Oh. Weird. Um Oh, Derek Robertson. Okay. There we go. That's the information we needed. Cool. Um yeah, so comic book by Grant Morrison and Derek Robertson. Uh, and the TV show was on Sci-Fi, the Sci-Fi yeah. channel, uh, which I I guess I didn't re- realize it was on that one until it popped up on the screen. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it seems tone-wise very different than what I've seen on Sci-Fi channel in the past. Yes. So it was surprising, but oh, good move by them. Yeah, This is an interesting so. addition to their arsenal of programming it's uh so let's dive in a little bit to the synopsis first then we can do our general thoughts and then we'll move on to spoilers and stuff like that oh and there you go melissa's Mm -hmm. head is now small it is fantastic um (sighs) and it's back to normal i I still i still can't find anything online of why (gasps) it, it does that so i friend's head is too small Web empty. <laughs> Friend's head just got small and then big, really big. Um, <laughs> so the synopsis, if, if, you, if you've not read Happy or if you've not watched it, uh, mm-hmm. it, it is about an ex-cop who's kind of mm-hmm. now hopped up on drugs and alcohol and he's now a hitman. Yes. Uh, so he's hitting, he's hitting on some hard times for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a heart attack and wakes up to see a tiny blue unicorn that can fly, mm-hmm. and it's th- just the happiest go lucky, uh, like cartoon looking character that is saying, "Hey, you need to go save Haley." Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> um. And so, yeah, he ends up having to go save this little girl named Haley, uh, who was kidnapped by a guy in a Santa suit. So mm-hmm. this is kind of Christmas related. Uh, for yeah. those of you listening to this as a podcast on free feeds, this is the Sunday right before Christmas. Um, so it, 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 it was only a appropriate that we did our Christmas themed <laughs> stuff at the end of the year. And this was, you know. It's like yeah, let's this let's was do the right time to do it. Christmas, but just completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I funny story, I mentioned this to another one of my friends, and she was like, Oh, that sounds really cute. There's the unicorn and they're saving the little girl and Santa. I was like, No. Oh, <laughs> this no, is not it's that. Not, cute. not at all. Melissa, what 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 is this more like? It's like <laughs> How how would you d- describe this to someone else? This is dark. It's madcap. It's very 
I think the word twisted gets thrown around a lot, but this time it really applies. Like everything is seedy. Everything is weird, but like happy is always happy. Happy is like your, he's grounding you. He is the one cute part. (laughs) He's the one cute part of the entire show. So it keeps it from just feeling like a sea of depravity. For the most part. Yeah. It's got real heart to it. It does which is, I I, yes. I think is really surprising considering how absurd this is how yeah. ridiculous and dark and violent this thing is um so it, it's it's de- definitely not a family friendly show no. to watch at all uh or to read um but I I had a lot of fun watching this yeah, it's fun I I I don't think it's all that great if that makes sense but i enjoyed it a lot i think yeah. if you're looking for something different to watch during the holidays uh that is maybe a little irreverent mm-hmm. or uh if you're an adult and you you uh, you appreciate uh some more absurd violent shows that are just mm-hmm. completely out of line <laughs> this might be up your alley um yeah, it stars Christopher Maloney in yes. the TV show. I didn't know anyone else off the top of my head. Uh, th- there, there, oh, oh, there's Patton, Patton Oswalt. Oswalt who voices and there was, Happy. Um, the the henchman guy Smoothie. He was a Dharma guy on Lost. That's what he was from. I was like, yep. I know him from somewhere. Yep, I've he seen was him. Dharma oh, okay. Phil. So I, I don't remember I, what generation of Dharma he was from, but he was in there in one of those yeah, beige no, he was, suits. Yeah, he was uh, in like season four and five, and I guess six. Um, yeah, he, he. Yeah, you said Dharma Phil was his name. Phil. Yeah, yeah, he was Phil. He he wasn't he. Uh, he was Sawyer's like helper in this security stuff or like one of the scientists that didn't like Sawyer and Miles and all of them just like you guys are weird something's up here Um, yeah okay so there there was a few people but I don't know that actor's name no (laughs) Um, but shout out to him shout out to Dharma Phil thanks Dharma Phil thanks Dharma Phil um yeah so general thoughts we mentioned we had a lot of fun with this what 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 were you expecting what were you thinking what what was going through your mind as you watched this what i was i think what i was expecting was something more like what the comic is like the comic is a lot more of like a gritty dark noir-ish like hard detective story with a pretty sparkly blue unicorn in it yeah and the tv show kind of elevates the weirdness all across the board mm-hmm. so i think i was expecting more just like a conventional detective story with a layer of like grant morrison weirdness over it of course and this little unicorn and i got from the tv show at least which i think we might be talking more about the tv show just because there's more of it like it's a whole eight hours versus like this four mm-hmm. issue comic book that you could read in like 75 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah it was 
all over the place. I liked what the TV show did. I liked all the different threads that it brought together. This is I liked one a lot of the, of the, the few the things that I think the TV show is better than the book. Yes. Um, I I almost felt like the comic book was more of a pitch of just like, yes. hey, here's my idea. Let's develop this for TV. Yeah, it feels like a proof of concept. It feels like a pilot or something like that. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, that being said, that's kind of what the show is about, how it feels, uh, stuff like that to give you guys a general impression of what it is in case you haven't seen it yet and want to go check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on Netflix right yeah. now, and it's fairly new to Netflix, too. I guess at the mm-hmm. time of recording this, it's only been uh, on there for like a week and a half or two two weeks. Oh, wow. Something. Yeah. Because uh, I started seeing advertisements for it at the time we were, I was like, maybe I'll d- do that one. Okay, yeah, let's let's do yeah. Happy. Let's pitch Happy. Um, So that is that. Um, I... I think for housekeeping only stuff that I have, uh, we are going to be recording a three-year anniversary retrospective uh, episode, uh, which should be coming out on the free feeds, I think, at the start of January, though we're recording it, like, tonight and tomorrow-ish. It might be, like, a two-part thing that I stitched together. We'll Mm -hmm. see. I got to message Jessica last night. So her and I might do something tonight, if nothing else. Uh, And then we can stitch that together. But that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, It's kind of a celebration of all things, the whatnots, and everything we've done this past year. And we get to hang out and have some fun and talk and all that sorts of stuff. So it should be good. Uh, but be on the lookout for that. That will be coming out on both of our podcast feeds, the review show as well as the captain's log. Uh, so be looking for that on both of them. No matter which one you follow, you still get it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, that being said, let's get into our spoiler alert. Yes. Damn, I just had our spoiler alert thing <laughs> pop up. That is brand new. I j- just made that this past week, and it like so crafty. it slides in. M- Melissa is feeling left out because she can't see it. She's w- w- watching me on Skype. Yeah, <laughs> right now. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll see it later. Yeah, I'll I'll play it once more for everyone out there because I I really like it. I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna make it. I'm just gonna do it because I was like, I'll make it over the holidays maybe and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one night I was just like, you know what? Now is the time. Now is the time for me to make that. So here it is once more. Bam! Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sweet. Um, let's dive in. Comic book versus t- TV show. Grant Morrison wrote the comic, but he also did a lot of the development for TV, Mm -hmm. or at least that's the credit they gave him. Yeah, I could could feel him on there. Yeah, there is an appropriate (laughs) amount of... There's just like a Morrison fog seeping over the whole thing. The one thing I would say about this show that is a little bit different for Grant Morrison, this is, at, at least from what I've read of his stuff, his stuff is very 
cerebral, if that's the right word. Like, it's more of a mind fuck than just like, whoa, I'm on LSD. It's like, it's it's more of a, like, him playing with the meaning of things or metaphors Mm -hmm. and stuff like that in a really, really complex way that you have to, like dig into into a lot to completely yeah. understand and this just felt more like let's just make something that's absurd like there, there's there's mm-hmm. no real hidden meaning behind all of this stuff or at least not one that i i could figure out no no i don't think so i think uh we read all-star superman uh yes. over the summer and other than that i just know morrison like by reputation but the vibe i got from all-star superman is that there's a lot of things just taken as given like oh you know yeah superman did that once yeah yeah these have always been here these have always been true and they're like the most absurd things just dropped in like no and that's perfectly normal and this show did have some of that like when he goes to the all santa stripper club it's like you know they just have those (laughs) i i i I think that that strip club was more just that's the one that all of the like the the like seasonal shopping mall santas go to after work it's not just like yeah we're a santa strip club (laughs) i think you see the sign in the background at some point i don't remember what it said but it looked like it was like some christmas pun like welcome to the jingle ball club jingle bell club something like that i don't know it seemed like maybe seems like maybe they leaned in it. yeah um, but yeah this show had a lot of just like well the, the it's the not opening, just weird st- the opening scene in the show i think sets the tone for the show as compared to the comic book so you yeah. you you had an interesting story yeah. that you mentioned to me that you were rereading the comic out in public and being like oh god yeah i had, i had Plan to start reading the comic while I went for an oil change and I wanted to go to one oil change place where like I can sit in a waiting room and I know that place is always empty and I can just like huddle in the corner. Yeah. But instead I had to go to a different place where you stay in your car and they work like on your car, like around you. I'm like, they can definitely see in here. They can see what I'm reading, but I already blocked out this time. Like I have to keep to a schedule. This is my reading time. I'm just going to go ahead with reading about this. Uh, you know, blowjob blow that ends in a murder. Yeah. Well, so it's it was interesting because the first two pages of the comic book have the C word everywhere. This guy's a cunt. That guy's a yeah. cunt. This, this, blah, 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 blah. And it's, I, I kind of expect some of that language from Grant Morrison. Um, and, but so that that kind of set the tone for just like how like how like it, it like that was the cd under belly of yeah. wherever they are new new york or something i yes. think um like that is like it, it's just it's gonna be gross looking people they're gonna be cussing a lot they're gonna be smoking and there's gonna be blowjobs and drugs and you know mm-hmm. that stuff but the the tv show opens up a lot differently yeah, uh, and that also I felt set the t- tone, but like we've been talking about, is a very mm-hmm. different tone. I feel like yes. Whereas the comic is a lot more serious, this book is just more ridiculous. 
Yeah, and like something, like a point I was trying to make earlier is that in the comic book, the one weird thing is happy. Yeah. In the TV show, there's weird stuff on that level all over the place. Yeah. And the comics just like one intrusion, one sparkly cartoon intrusion into otherwise a conventional detective story. And the TV show is not at all a conventional detective story. Not at all. Um, but yeah, so like it it opens up with Chris Maloney, uh, his character Nick Sachs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in this like disgusting bar bathroom. Uh, he looks oh, like he's yes. hopped out of his mind on something and he's like trying to sober up. And then, yeah, it looks like he shoots himself in the in the head. And right when he does, that's when the like jingle bells song comes on. His head is just squirting blood, like the the Black Knight and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And there's these like scantily clad women dancing and all these weird colors, and he's sitting there dabbing and all that stuff. It's it's ridiculous. Like it is it is so insanely over the top, and I wasn't expecting that. No. that I, I like I was sitting there expecting him to like walk out of the bar and just cuss up a storm. Like if, if he were to walk out of the bar and we saw those people at the start of the comic walking by, like that's what I was expecting. Yeah. And instead it's just this nope, we're on drugs now (laughs) and another thing about the comic is that stylistically it's pretty straightforward like there's like the art's good but there's nothing really unusual about it whereas the show throws in all of these extra stylistic bits like in i think it's episode two or three when Nick is coming to terms with the fact that Haley is his daughter, he's going, he's playing this daydream where he's on the Jerry Springer show and he's, Jerry is I'm there convincing him. Jerry's <laughs> 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 trying to convince him, no, you are the father. And like, it turns into that whole cliche of what that show is where yeah. the entire audience is like punching each other and fighting with chairs. Yeah. <laughs> and it just keeps cutting to that daydream you know while the rest of the story keeps going on yeah yeah i i I like a lot of the things that the show does just to show how absurd this is or like these different ways to depict what's going on in people's minds Mm -hmm. right you have happy who's an imaginary friend uh which i i guess is Haley's imaginary friend but it's also so let, let me back up really fast Mm-hmm. This one of the things that both the comic book and the show does, we mentioned it has a lot of heart. I think what yeah. it does that's really interesting is it takes a lot of like traditional like holiday themes uh-huh. and displays them in ways you wouldn't expect, right? There's yeah. there's storylines about growing up and becoming mm-hmm. an adult. There's storylines about believing in magic and like, hey, yeah. not not, you know, like not everything is real there there's stuff about family like mm-hmm. that, like it's all of that stuff but just in this melting pot to make something that's not what you know these things no. to be um and I, I i think that's really interesting to see i i want to talk about Haley herself because well, i before 
I watched most of the show and then I started the comic. Like I read like the first issue and then I finished off the show. And the final thing I did was finish off like the last three fourths of the comic book. Gotcha. And Haley's pretty much no one in the comic book. Like she's just a plot point. Like she's not a character. And I didn't realize until I had the absence of her that I realized what a strength she is for the TV show. Yeah. She's you follow her. Like you don't just learn about Haley through her parents and through happy. Like you, you follow her, you follow what she's trying to do to get out of this kidnapping. And she's really strong, but also like not preposterously like too strong or too clever for being just like a normal 10 year old girl. Like she's really capable and she's, she's a really a del- actress. She's a delight too. to watch. Her, yeah, her, her was- like disgusted face, which she has on most of the time is just like, yes. Like, the, the, you're, <laughs> you're horrifying. You're an evil person. I am disgusted yeah. at you. <laughs> She's so great. And I I really like what the show did in fleshing out all of the side characters. Like, nobody's mm-hmm. really just a plot point. And one of my favorite things that came up was um, the mobster's sister and her whole storyline. Like, her sons get murdered and she just wants, like, her son back. And there's, it's surrounded by this, you know, aura the, of just the like layer of ridiculous. Is they're yeah. also on a reality t- yes, TV like show? A, she's like on some sort of like a Real Housewives sort of thing, and she's just this really spoiled, like bitchy woman. I guess yeah. you would have to say, like she's just all like decadence and luxury and privilege, and she doesn't care about anybody else, and she's putting her emotions out there for the entertainment of others as this like celebrity building reality show, but it's genuine also like she's, she's not reacting for the camera. Like she is, she's broken that like all of her sons are dead. And like the youngest one, like she brings him back from the grave. She wants him back so badly and it's seedy. It's weird. And it's like really emotional. And those are like the three strands that the show just braids together. That was the one storyline I felt like had the most obvious metaphor. Mm -hmm. I I feel like where she's she's missing her sons because Nick Sachs killed them at the start of the show. And she wants them back, but she's also kind of grappling with this idea that maybe she didn't love them enough. Like maybe she was too obsessed with other things and just didn't pay attention and that's why this happened Mm -hmm. and yet she's learning to make this pasta sauce and she doesn't know how to make this pasta sauce she did she doesn't know the right ingredients to make the pasta sauce the best it could be and i think that's Mm -hmm. the most obvious metaphor of like did i parent my children right did Mm -hmm. i put the right ingredients in oh you are dropping things left and right I here. I dropped a pen. How dare you? What what a distraction. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, so like she's learning how to make this pasta sauce. And another layer of absurd is she's learning from her mother, but her mother is almost this um like this Romani kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, no, you have to put in your own blood. Yeah. 
in this sauce and every and yes. th- this is while they're on the reality tv show and she's just like dumping a v- vial of her of her blood in there and everyone's like oh my god this is disgusting <laughs> you know yeah and um, like it's all part of the weird ritual that but again brings to go Mikey with back that, to life yeah but to, to to then go again with that metaphor like yeah. to like i'm i'm not a, a parent so i don't know exactly but you put in a lot of blood sweat and, t- and tears yeah. in into your ch- children to hopefully you know make them functioning adults right like she's learning to make this sauce and i think it's teaching her a lot of what she did wrong as a parent mm-hmm. um so that that is I, I think the one thing to me that stood out of just like hey here's a metaphor here's some just completely absurd grant morrison like metaphor um for, for for what that is whereas yeah. i think a lot of the other storylines weren't i mean there 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 is metaphor the comic is a little more clear on what the santa guy wants at least out of the kids and why he's turning them into toys yeah like the reason for the kidnapping is pretty different between the comic book and the show so in the show the culprit is the santa guy and he's not like, whereas in the TV show, he's like a, a henchman. He's just part, he's just one link in the chain. In the comic, it's like very bad Santa. I think like the TV show episode description called him. Yeah. So very bad Santa kidnaps the kids and ties them up. And he is going to, I del- guess, just. From what I understood, he was del- delivering them to Blue so that they could do this like child pornography auction. Thing. I think yeah. they were like selling them off to the highest. Yeah, and it was like going to be like a live, live streamed like web event thing. Yeah, and in the TV show, like the kids go to Santa, and then Santa has to like take them to Smoothie, and then Smoothie boxes that like he puts them in the weird school, and then he boxes them up like they are toys, and then they're gonna go to like Sunny Shines, weird sex palace. And then I guess get sent off to new families. Yeah, again, getting sent off to a new family to the highest bidder. But at least it it shied away a little bit from the like, hey, this is a child pornography. Yeah, yeah, it was like as seedy as the show is. There was less time spent on that aspect of it, which was good. I think that was a nice choice they made. Like. Well, we got to make something more palatable in this series. So let's, there's less child porn in this one. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, th- there's that the idea of growing up. And as you g- mm-hmm. grow up, uh, you start to like lose your faith in things, right? You don't believe yeah. in Santa. You don't believe in your imaginary f- f- friends. And so the magic kind of starts to disappear. And in the comic... The very bad Santa didn't want them to grow up. Like, he wanted them to stay kids forever mm-hmm. so that they could continue to have that magic, um, which they don't really talk about much in the show, but that metaphor is still kind of there, right? Like, yeah. he's he's turning them into these, like, action, these, like, child action figure doll yeah. things. Um, with you know makeup and outfits and stuff like that and that's how he's 
packaging them <laughs> right and mm-hmm. and sending them off so he's still not wanting them to g- grow up or change he, they, he wants them to be in this like per- permanent action yeah. figure state mm-hmm. um but then on the flip side of that is where nick is and he is too old he, you know, he's too yeah. old for this shit um and mm-hmm. he has to like learn to be a kid again and kind of believe and follow this imaginary fr- yeah. fr- fr- friend um so i mean the metaphor is still there i just i don't feel like that was as strong because mm-hmm. of the kind of blender that th- this show put everything th- through yeah if if that makes sense um yeah did 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 you have anything else you wanted to say more on Haley herself? Oh. I don't know. I just I think she was a really nice protagonist in her own right and not just like a plot device that other people are working around. Yeah. And I think that was a, a really nice choice. I liked all the scenes with all the kids. Like Oh, when Smoothie gives everybody like a big slice of cake, but he skips over the fat kid, and Haley's like too upset to eat her cake, and, and she's just like staring he takes off. The cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the camera's on her, and you just see this hand like reach in from the other side of the yeah. frame and take the cake off her off her desk and like pull the cake back. At, I liked all those kids. At at the at the end, I thought it was hilarious when he, they're all uh, like standing next to their boxes about to get yeah. pa- packaged up, and he's kind of re- reflecting on the stuff they've done this past week he's like well you all have learned a lot uh this has been an inter- interesting week there's been some failures and he looks at the <laughs> at the one kid at the one ki- kid and then he, he keeps moving he's like there's been some successes and he looks at the next kid and the next kid smiles as, as if like he's happy to g- go <laughs> off to his next family like what yeah. and then he he goes to the asian kid and he's like and you you get top marks because you're asian <laughs> I was like, oh god yeah. this is terrible <laughs> i i think that whole scenario my had my favorite bit of just non-plot related just set dressing weirdness going on which is when all the kids are in the classroom and smoothie comes in and he plays a pre-recorded tape of him talking to the students but he doesn't talk to him himself he's just sitting there eating an entire corn welcome to the pearl station in this station (laughs) you will (laughs) yeah he's giving them thanks dharma phil like he's giving them the orientation speech from like a pre-recorded tape of himself while he just sits there and eats corn and stares at them. <laughs> yeah, and he's he eats it fast too. He would t- 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 take like yeah, six big m- 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 bites out of like the that- thing before he che- he chewed and swallowed. <laughs> like that's the thing I was talking about. Like there's all this weird stuff going on and it's just glossed over. Like oh yeah, you know, it's just it's time for him to eat his corn. Like it's not a thing. Keep moving. So don't look. This is the thing with Grant Morrison. I, I I mentioned he has more of the like mind fuck mm-hmm. type of thing. He also does a lot of references to other things. So I'm 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 kind of wondering if this is a little bit of an homage to another book. Um, have you heard of or I, I guess also seen the TV show Preacher? 
No, I haven't read that one. It's also a comic book. It's on my list because it's one of my older brother's favorites. It is an incredible comic, but it is the same kind of ridiculous balls to the wall, completely irreverent. Just there's things in in there that (laughs) you should not show that to anyone. (laughs) Um, But... It, like I, I'm wondering if it's kind of an homage to that because even in the comic book, Derek Robertson's artwork was a lot like the artwork in Preacher. It's oh. this very gritty, kind of grotesque. It's not super stylized, yeah. but the line work is a little bit more thick. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah, it, 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 it just has this kind of visceral, disgusting yeah. feeling to it. Yeah, everything feels kind of like gritty and grimy. Yeah, um, not in like a like a dark and gritty kind of way <laughs> that yeah, most it, Hollywood like movie. You know, it's it's not it. that, but yeah, it's it's more just like in in the, in the best way possible. It is like walking down the street in New York and just seeing all the garbage like laid out in the sidewalk. Yeah, like if if you can distill that into line work in art like that is what i feel like that style of artwork is like invoking it's just this idea Mm -hmm. that people are disgusting they do disgusting things they're terrible people you you know Mm -hmm. like um and that that, like both preacher and this kind of play with that idea that people are gross they do gross things like mm-hmm. they're and they're also just completely ridiculous. We're mm-hmm. we're going to completely turn this idea of holidays and family and all that stuff on its head. And it's going to be disgusting and completely balls to the mm-hmm. wall. Whereas Preacher does the same thing for like religious stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's it's. It, it it might be an inter- interesting homage or at least like an influence or mm-hmm. something there. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. What did you think of the art in the comic book? I liked it. I the comic book um because it is easier to draw than it is to rig up in live action. Most of the comic books takes place while it is snowing mm-hmm. and they kind of lose that in the show just cuz of production reasons, but the way the snow is illustrated in the comic book is so gorgeous. Just all these big, fat, like, snow blobs flying yeah. through the air. Oh, that's what I took away from the art the most, was just how pretty snow blobs. was. Yeah, and, like, I think setting it in the snowstorm is so interesting because snow is this beautiful, pure, like, cleansing image, just, like... Yeah a blanket of white over the town. And like when it snows, like the whole world gets like quiet and serene, but then snow is also like the biggest problem. And then, you know, like the two days later, it's going to be this terrible, like wet slushy mess. You're going to have to slog through. brownish black mess. Yeah. That's just, so I feel like putting all the snow in there, the like, kind of melds all the stuff together. Like it's both happy and Nick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that that makes sense yeah um i i I felt like the tv show was a lot brighter yeah i like that about it a lot this yeah because we have more time in the 
TV show. And the TV show was developed a lot more. Um, we get a lot more scenes in the daytime and just, you know, it's not all like at night. I guess they didn't really do... One of the big differences is that in the comic book, there was a time limit because a certain event, their, their like yeah. web event was happening. Yeah. Um, this one didn't necessarily have a specific event. It was just like when they're done, they're done. Yeah, it doesn't have a very big like ticking clock on it, but I didn't feel like I missed it because the show is like yeah. paced so well, like it's real fast paced so i never thought like you know hey speed up or anything like that like i didn't miss that impetus of a ticking clock in the show yeah it, so. I, I think in the comic nick had i want to say it was like 56 hours or like 48 hours I, i'm and he I'm slept for most with, of them yeah, he slept for like half of it and he wakes up he's like oh good you're awake we have 24 hours left let's go <laughs> um but yeah, so I, I I think that's why most of it took place at night. And with this, yeah, they have mm-hmm. more time. It's been a couple days, if not a week, ish, right? Because I I don't I don't think you can report a child missing until it's been like twenty four hours. I think. Yeah. If, if I I mean I don't know I don't have kids I've never mm-hmm. reported a kid missing. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, like I, I, there was, in in an odd way, less of a sense of urgency, and I felt like that helped the show out a little bit more. Of like, yeah. hey, we get to actually do some detective work, whereas I think the comic was just like, she went that way. All right, cool, we'll go that way. Oh, there she is. Oh, we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the show's it can be frenetic, but. It's not too frenetic, and I feel like if we had that time clock on us, then it would feel like too rushed. So how? So we've mentioned that we liked that it, the show was developed more, and that we got to spend more time with these mm-hmm. characters and stuff like that. Uh, did you at all ever feel like there were too many episodes? Because a lot ah. of TV shows nowadays, they'll they'll have their story, but then they'll they'll have like two or three extra episodes that just like it's like okay, we didn't need to know all of that. We could have cut it out and com- completely been ah. fine. Did did you feel that at all with this show? Um, I think there was a bit in okay before you really figured out what the criminal plan of the whole thing was where you thought like santa was the end game like there was nobody above santa it seemed like they were closing in on santa pretty quick and i'm like "Eh, really like halfway through what are you gonna do with the rest of it and then i'm like oh okay there's more stuff above santa so for briefly i thought why is there so much of this but then the show like explained that to me don't worry yeah got more yeah and it's interesting because it says this is season one it's i i don't know if there's a season two coming i didn't look that up mm-hmm. but i i have a feeling there's going to be more of the show i mean they it, it kind of left the show open-ended for it that did, yeah like, hey there's going to be more adventure they still haven't caught blue who's i feel like the one orchestrating this all right 
No, blue um, blue is in jail at the end of season one. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. And um, Sunny Shines is like Meredith told him, like I I could tear you down, but we don't see her do it. So, so that's he's, sort he's of the one that that's still out kind, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's kind of this question mark on it. Like, is the reckoning still coming for him? Yeah, because I. This is one of the things why, as much as I enjoyed watching the show, I don't know if I truly liked it, if that makes, uh-huh. makes sense. I, I, I think there's a lot of really fascinating side characters. I don't feel like we needed all of it, or at least to that extent. Mm-hmm. Like, as, as, as much as we talked about the, like, mob wife who's mm-hmm. on this reality tv show like we we don't really need to know about her character to advance the story yeah they're all extra or their son that wants to be a hitman and is like (laughs) sid from from toy story and like doing all of that stuff which he has some hilarious moments but it like that whole plot line about him and when Happy is in his care because he's kind of been kidnapped and there's this whole, like, mm-hmm. well, this is where all the imaginary friends go. Like, that was just like, why is this even here? Yeah, they're, like, the criminal side of everything does have a lot of moving parts to it. Like, there's the whole thing about uh, Ladik and you go to Ladik's poker night, and he's still out there. And then there's all the people well, that, that going I after un- Nick. That I understand, because Nick yeah, that one needed to get book. money. Yeah. yeah. And that's and how like, he gets money. And, like, there's all the people that are after Nick because they found out he has that password. And, you know, like, the yeah, criminal the guys. about the password, too, yeah. which was not addressed in the comic or the TV show, really. So that's yeah. also something that they might be looking for. Mhm. Yeah, like the and then there was the whole stuff about like Meredith and like her oh. mom and it turns out like her dad like you know, he was like under the thumb of the mob. Like there's a lot to it and I feel like it could be kind of thinned out a little bit yeah, more. Yeah. Meredith is kind of under control of the mob. Yeah. She 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 looks like she's going to be a character that like okay you you're going to end up doing the right thing but mm-hmm. we know at the same time you're also going to be an obstacle from time to time. Yeah. Uh you know cuz they she had an affair with with Nick and that's that's mm-hmm. why the mom was like we have pictures. Um <laughs> but the thing I wanted to talk about next uh was more about the password. Uh-huh. And all of this stuff. The comic book d- doesn't really address it they mention no. it at the start and nick does what he does in both the comic and the show and he kills the guy that knows the password mm-hmm. it's the youngest son and mm-hmm. the son doesn't get to share the password so no one else knows it yeah but then the tv show throws a wrench into all of that where the son kind of comes back from the dead yeah i, I don't know what was happening there i think i I blinked and he was oh he was just alive once and I was like wait that how, was he's that was dead, the pasta sauce it wasn't yeah. pasta sauce for the sake of pasta sauce the pasta sauce was a magical like old Italian witch Spell. ritual to yeah. bring a boy back from the dead yeah um and it like it it uh 
so he he does this thing at the end of the sh- show where he goes and visits his father in jail. Mm-hmm. It's his uncle. He, or yeah, his uh, uh, uncle. I don't. They're all they're yeah. all it, it, Italian to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he goes and he visits him in jail. And he does this weird, like, breathing thing. And then the father has this, like, conniption where he, like, has a, st- a stroke and he looks like he's having this, like, demonic yeah. possession thing. And then he stops. And a lot of the flashes that appear on screen are the same ones that the son had when he was away mm-hmm. on his trip. So I'm wondering if there's some sort of like transfer of consciousness yes. or something yeah. going on there. Okay. So what Blue thought was that his nephew had the key to like grandpa's storehouse. Like he had the password to like, this is all my intel. Like these are all of my riches. Yeah. Like it's the key to all of his treasures. But instead what it looks like that grandpa gave Mikey was... Like, you are carrying my dying soul to implant it into my next of kin. The ghost like of you... Christmas past. Yeah, which is interesting. And I did like that there's more kind of magic realism, supernatural stuff happening in this world outside of the imaginary friends. Like, they're not, like, in the comic book, like, it's just them and everything else is normal. Mm-hmm. And I did like that the TV show is kind of weirder all around. Like, yes, you can bring a guy back from the dead. Yes, you can transfer a soul from one person to another. And I like that there's more stuff like that, but it's almost a little too strong. Like, it seems like it could be big enough to be an entire separate thing from the rest of the story. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, the that that's also kind of one of the things. I think it lessened the importance importance of happy himself of just Mm. oh you can see these other imaginary friends now like i like the idea that there are more out there obviously there's a million children out there who have imaginary friends but the idea of that we as an audience get to see them Mm -hmm. that was a little strange because there's that whole idea of like oh you have to believe in them to Mm -hmm. see them and it's like well okay i i mean happy is useful but now the frog guy like why is he here and who's is he wait i don't believe in him like what you know? <laughs> so you didn't like that you were being introduced to characters you should not be able to see because you're just being introduced to him like i don't know who that is why can i look at them it, it, yeah i mean it, it's, it's one of those things that they're not important but I, I i guess to get back to the like magical realism side of things i like that more stuff was in there that yeah. one thing in particular about us being able to see more of the imaginary friends out there, I thought, like, lessened the impact of Happy. That he is this absurd, cartoonish thing that should not be in in there, right? Like, mm-hmm. we only saw this one soul being t- transferred, right? Yeah. It's not a okay. whole bunch of different people. There's okay. only that one. So it, when, when it happens, it's like, oh, shit. What, you yeah. know, what just happened when we see happy in the comic book we're like oh what what in the world why is there the flying blue unicorn here like what in the but once we start to see more of them then it's just like oh yeah that's just a flying purple frog 
who who cares that's just what what happens right you know like it lessens its what the fuck is happening kind of thing but i think it adds to happy as a character as like a more traditional character and not like sure. a fantasy like kind of oddity like he's go he's really in this crisis of faith like about other people and about himself and which is an interesting thing because yeah. his entire existence is someone else well maybe not in this show but for like imaginary friends in general just like mm -hmm. out in the real world or, world or in the comics since he's the only one his mm -hmm. entire existence is based upon Haley's imagination so he's yeah. not a character outside of what she's already imagined whereas mm -hmm. this it makes it kind of sound like imaginary friends exist and they're assigned to people kind of there's like a almost fairly this, like, odd parents kind of situation. Yeah, there's like this magical fairyland thing, and it because Nick asks him like, "What are you gonna do now?" And he is he. I mean, he ends up being Nick's imaginary friend, but he he alludes to this idea that like, well, there's always someone out there who's going to okay. meet me. You know what this is? It's. The Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends theorem. Do you remember the premise of that theorem. show? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, according We're... to the Foster's <laughs> theorem of, of you know, <laughs> an imaginary You're... friend is created by a child to be like their match. Like you are what I need from you, and then when I don't need you anymore, that's not to say somebody else couldn't also use them need you like you're designed for me but yeah. you can work for others and you can learn and grow and adapt to them like happy learned to adapt to nick he learned to also be you know a killer who says curse words yeah <laughs> you know like he, like he gets real dark and then at the end it's like kind of left an effect on him where he's like like he just he describes something as shit house cray cray to Nick, whereas he would not have done that before he like. By the end of the TV show, behind. he snorted a lot of camp of of <laughs> cocaine. He's yeah. killed a man. Yeah. He's like, this and is a, the, a happy the final unicorn. Barrier is that he says curse words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I liked that twist a lot, and I I don't know if like. I just woke up this morning and my hormones were turned up to 10, but the scene where Happy says goodbye to Haley is so... It's sad. Weird. Yes. And Patton Oswalt does such a good vocal performance in this show. Yeah. I think all the... Christopher Maloney is so perfectly cast in this show. Like, we watched uh, Wet Hot American Summer earlier this year. Yeah. And this is, like, his Wet Hot American Summer character and, like, the years he spent on, like, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. And you just merge those together and, like... And you get this. <laughs> yeah, he's so well... He's so well cast. And, like, Patton Oswalt's a really good match for Happy. And I, I remembered something I heard in a, uh, like, a behind-the-scenes featurette on the DVD for Pixar's Ratatouille, which okay. he stars in. And they were talking about how they cast him because having learned from like his stand up and his appearances and other things that he's got this passion in him when he speaks, like he can be such a 
such an advocate for something. Like he's so passionate and so lively when he's talking about something he's into that he like wins you over to his side. So Pixar was like, okay, this rat is like the one rat in the entire rat community that's like passionate about food and he's trying to win over all the other rats and like that that's what that guy does. We need him to like mm-hmm. the chef rat. Yeah. And I could see like kind of that same thing in Happy. Like he's trying to convince people like he's got this idea in his head and he's mm-hmm. just so into it and he needs you to be as into it as he is to get this thing to work. Yeah. Yeah, you you need to believe. Mm-hmm. To 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 make it work. Um Let's see. I was there anything else I really wanted to talk about with this one? Do you have any other stuff? Because I this I I feel like it's it's a short enough TV show that you can knock it out in a weekend. Yeah. Um, it's a short enough comic book that you could knock it out in like an hour. Mm-hmm. There's enough to each of them that it's like okay that was good like I yeah just... yeah and i think i don't know like there's so much going on and it's so weird that it might be like for short as it is it might be something that sticks with you for a while yeah because it's just so striking like yeah. this is i don't know if i'll like re-watch this often but like next christmas i will be thinking about this show. should i rewatch this is is there a season two I wonder. Uh, so, what, what what was your? There there are so many just ridiculous, absurd, and funny moments. What was one of your like? What was your like? All like this thing was my favorite moment of the entire show. Could this, be a funny okay. moment. Could be well acted moment. Whatever. Um, I want to talk real briefly about the Santa in the TV show when he throws his voice, like when he's putting on yeah, that that's voice. Cr- creepy as hell. That's so weird. Like, cause it's not like, okay. So Haley's in this crate, like when she gets kidnapped and she's put in this crate and she yeah. can like kind of hear noises around her. And she thinks there's other kids in other crates. Which so she starts whispering. To, yeah. And so she starts whispering to see if anybody else is there. And this voice whispers back to her. And I could tell, like, okay, that's not another child. But maybe it's, like, you know, like an adult actor, like, voicing a child in, like, a more cartoony fashion, you know. But then you see that it is the Santa, and, like, he just makes his voice sound like that. It's it's, enough where you don't really think. Like, it's a strange voice but you don't really think about it yet that like, oh, you're not suspicious i wonder if that's an it. adult if if that's the santa yeah t- talking back like, to I her because he's think... some old like alan moore looking dude <laughs> right and yeah <laughs> like i i wasn't suspicious of it i did not think oh this is an adult character i thought this is just an adult actor sounding like a child yeah no it is the santa who can make his voice sound like that and there's such a disconnect like that, that has to be a different creepy. actor's voice they are putting over him and it's so weird and that's another like magic realism thing like that's superhuman you can't be able to do that yeah. like billy yeah. west is in this show playing the three-headed dog like imaginary friend and he's a, a maestro of the voice but you can still tell it's all of him. those are billy west 
So like, if not even Billy West can sound like a completely different person, how can the Santa? He's got to be superhuman. <laughs> so I like that. It's just like more magic realism, like on the horror side instead of on like the whimsical or like supernatural side. Yeah, it it the the show has a c- c- couple really creepy moments like yeah. that. Um, or or just uh like straight up very like that is horrifying like in in the like crime way like the thing that makes yeah. Nick uh c- kind of yeah. go off his rock rocker Oof. is d- d- disgusting. Oh. Um, and they do a terrible transition. <laughs> oh, 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 away f- 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 from that, but you you understand immediately. Like that is, yeah. I I think I would be in Nick's spot if I had to deal with that. Yeah, too. It's like that's rough. disgusting. Um, but I, I I think I think for me one of my favorite moments though um it's it just it's it we're like all the just like the the moments where you're watching this and as much as you know it is gonna be c- crazy it's just even that much more crazy it's just like yeah how is it like the 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 first one i mentioned was like the opening scene where mm-hmm. it, like nick has the hallucination that he sh- he sh- he shoots himself and that's when the, the opening credits start and he's sitting there with you know like, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's dabbing and stuff like that like that was just completely ridiculous and i'm sitting there like what the fuck am i watching mm-hmm. um and then when nick's uh ex-wife uh goes in she's in the tower and she discovers the like bug like oh, sex yeah. club thing and they're all in this like white like oh, white white yeah. room they're all in black latex there's this like dubstep playing and they're all like licking each other and doing this stuff and she's just like and then the like what and then the kids characters like the wishies come in they're like the teletubbies or like the yo gabba gabba like kind of characters kids yeah characters they that, rip like, them they- open and there's this like i'm gonna say it's like a penis looking thing yeah yeah, and there's just like weird alien dicks under there. Yeah, and it's just like, what the fuck like again, is happening? Like, and again, are they just like that? Or is that like a costume effect? Like, okay, it's part of our play that we put this weird penis head on you. Or no, is that like a creature? Yeah. Again, like it's so weird, like unsettling and ambiguous, like this whole world. But it has the, like this like 30 second music video kind of yeah. look to it where it's just yeah it's just doing all of these weird ca- camera angles and cuts and it's g- going to the beat of the music and it's just like she's just like your reaction is exactly hers where she's just like yeah what the fuck what is did this I get into? <laughs> yeah but it, like the, the, there's a there's a couple of those moments um yeah, and it's just like that. I I can't believe this is on TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was so surprised this was on Sci-Fi Channel, but also I'm glad it was not just for like, oh look, Sci-Fi Channel, you're growing up. Look at this very mature content you have. But I think the weirdness that permeates the entire show 
like it would not have that if this was on FX or something like that. I think because it is a sci-fi channel production, they're like, we're that up a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's good. So it works. Let's talk about the sci-fi channel really briefly here. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the show Three Monkeys? I have not. It's a fantastic show. Should absolutely watch it. It's a time travel sci-fi oh. show. Um but it is there was also the movie Three Monkeys with Brad. Oh, is this Pitt Twelve Monkeys? Like that. Yes. That's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Kyle, you reduced seventy five percent of their numbers. Look. Okay, there's time travel. I can just go back and fix it uh and everything will be fine. Uh no, but yeah, you're you're right. I I at, at least I was bold enough to just be like, "Have you seen 3 Monkeys?" <laughs> but so what 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 is your perception of the sci-fi channel cuz you mentioned it at the start where you're like, "This is not what I think of." When I think yeah. of this sci-fi, what do you think of? They can do real schlocky stuff and also real good, strong stuff like Battlestar Galactica. But I, this is, I think, the most comedic thing they've ever done. And the most else, like you said earlier, just trippy thing yeah. they've ever done. And it's very bold. Yeah. Oh. I... I kind of feel the same way like it's it's when when i was growing up the sci-fi channel was all of the b movies very 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 low budget horror films and sci-fi films attack of the 50 foot woman would be you know re re playing on the on there and stuff movies like sharknado would be on (laughs) on on there and stuff I, I guess that would be a more modern one but i i felt like they just kind of went away into obsc- obscurity for a while yeah. and then within recent years they've kind of c- come back and they've had some actually really good shows mm. uh 12 monkeys not th- three monkeys but 12 monkeys is one of them mm-hmm. uh, where watching it i'm like this does it like it's actually a good story it's a good plot they have some good effects like it like that was also like a a hallmark of the sci-fi channel like the cgi effects were always just awful because they had no Mm -hmm. budget but it's like they actually sunk some money into this stuff Mm -hmm. and i think shows like that and some of the ones that they've been doing recently have kind of paid off Uh, whereas like happy is i would say a lot less sci-fi yeah is the production value on on it was fantastic it looks great like the cgi animation on all the imaginary friends is wonderful yeah not what i would expect from the Mm sci-fi channel at all and so i'm really loving that they're kind of making this comeback and I, i i think i i too i mentioned preacher before i think they're hoping to kind of put themselves in the same ball game they're not there yet mm-hmm. as like fx or showtime or amc right because mm-hmm. amc has the walking dead it has a preacher right like it it 
the sci-fi ch- ch- channel now has a show that directly competes with Preacher because it's that same type of absurdist uh-huh. what the fuck am I watching type <laughs> of thing. Um, and I I kind of like that, that they're kind of yeah. going for the throat there. Um, <laughs> though there is, sci-fi does have a zombie show that I, at least the first season was really bad. Mm. Uh, it's Z Nation is, I believe, <laughs> what it's called. There's comic books of the same thing. I don't know if the show has gotten better in recent years, but I... Uh, I I I went to go watch like the the first couple episodes and I was like, oh god, this is awful. That that is more what I expect of uh, sci-fi, <laughs> the sci-fi <laughs> channel. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I I'm I'm wanting them to continue down this route. Like I I don't care if they do less shows. I just want. Like do do more like cherry yeah, picked. Like, like we're gonna sink a little more money into this. You've got so one. much stuff that you can just syndicate and show reruns on. Like Sci-Fi Channel was where I yeah. first saw all of X Files. Like, yeah. just keep playing X Files. People always love X Files. Exactly. They still want to believe. <laughs> so yeah, and so here they are today, still showing a show about believing. About yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Uh, any, I, I guess we forgot to do, if you liked this, what else wow. would you recommend? Obviously I said preacher, but do you have anything that comes to, to mind? What this reminded me of was, uh, to call back to another thing we covered on the show. It kind of reminded me of American gods and that it's all these Interesting. like big, larger than life characters and like magic realism and like a mismatched pair of people and just going from place to place just trying to figure out what is even happening american gods is more on the uh not absurd side yeah american gods it's weird but it has it is more like yeah it's a lot more like a supernatural drama than this is Um, which is like a magic realism crime comedy i guess yeah something like that (laughs) um american gods is a good one i would also say fargo Oh, whether it's the movie or the TV show, Fargo is a lot darker. I feel like, or well, I, I guess I can't really say a lot darker, but its absurd moments I think are more in the like dark comedy style rather than just like I'm on all kinds of shrooms and LSD yeah. type yeah. of stuff. Um, and like Fargo has that weird crime thing going on there i think if you liked this you might like fargo as well okay. um yeah i i i think those would be some good things to check out mm-hmm. any yeah. final thoughts on happy oh. if, I if you had it. to recommend one or the other the comic or the t- tv show what one would you recommend i'd to recommend people? I'd recommend the TV show. I feel like it's got, it's, it's funnier, it's weirder, it's creepier, it's like a lot more emotional. You get to know all the characters. Yes, yes. You get to know all the characters a lot more. And like, there's great characters in this. For sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Good stuff, good stuff. Enjoy it with your family this holiday season. We're not. (laughs) Watching (laughs) some of those scenes with your mom might be a little strange. Holiday season. (laughs) 
<laughs> the family can be whoever you want it to be, Kyle. Exactly. Um, yes. So that being said, even though this is the last episode of 2018, we are still trucking along uh, with making pitches for 2019. Yes. So what we're going to do now, Melissa is about to make... Uh, the usual three pitches. It's her turn to do that stuff. Uh, but we won't be recording that episode until early January. Um, so we have a little bit more time to yeah. cover this stuff. So uh, you might be pitching things that are a little bit longer than what we normally yeah, do on yeah. a week-to-week -week I tried to take advantage of this longer time frame. Like we've got cool. three weeks instead of one week. Yeah. So pitch number one. We've done movies before. We've done a movie and its sequel. In the past, before I was doing this, and it was you and Paul, you would cover trilogies. But mm -hmm. if we have three weeks, we can cover an entire film franchise. Oh, boy. Beyond a trilogy. So pitch number one are the... Hold on. Give me one second. I got to make sure I'm <laughs> counting this right. Okay, there's six. Pitch number one is the six films... In the Mission Impossible series. Ooh, that's a good one. I've never seen any of these. Another like theme to my pitches is that it's all for the new year. Brand new stuff. I've never seen, read anything about these. C crossing off the, the stuff that's on your list of shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So pitch number one. This Mission is Mission Impossible. Im starting with Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible 3, but the Roman numeral 3, but 2 is just the number 2, so that's weird. Mission Impossible <laughs> Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and new this year, Fallout. I went to the movies a lot this year, and so I probably saw half an hour's worth of various trailers for Fallout, and I, I never got tired of them. I've seen... Every movie I went to, I was like, oh, cool, another Fallout trailer. I get to just watch Henry Cavill wear a mustache and punch reload his again. his his fists <laughs> yeah um i've seen the first one of this a long time ago mm -hmm. and that was it then i was just like all right yeah whatever i've never i've never gotten to these and this seemed like a good time to like knock out an entire franchise cool good stuff just at least at least you didn't say land before time like we're gonna watch all 28 land before time <laughs> films that would be an entire separate <laughs> podcast. That'd be terrible. <laughs> so that is pitch number one. I don't have a synopsis, but you know what it is. We all know basically it's what it is. It's a mission that's impossible, but you know, obviously not lasers, because he gets them the done ceiling, each time. You fight a helicopter or something. I don't know. We get what it is. Pitch number two, this is the one that I didn't know if you guys had already covered or not, because it okay. seemed like something you would do, because it's a graphic novel. A big, hefty, award-winning, well-known graphic novel. Pitch number two is Blankets. Blankets. I've had that on my list of things to potentially pitch, mm -hmm. but it's... I've never read it. It's big and hefty. I saw it at the bookstore this week, and I'm like, mm -hmm. that's so long. Let's try that for a pitch, because this <laughs> seems like a good three weeks worth of reading. Okay. Uh, this, is, this is described as, um, by Wikipedia, an autobiographical graphic novel by Craig Thompson, published in 2003, 
a coming-of-age autobiography. It tells the story of Thompson's early childhood in an evangelical Christian family, his first love, and his early adulthood. The book was widely acclaimed, with Time magazine ranking it its number one in 2003 Best Comics list and number eight in its Best Comics of the Decade. I have heard this is sad. I was almost scared away from pitching it because it's so sad. But I thought I'd be brave and I'd give it a try. Okay. Sounds good. That's pitch number two. What do you got Mm -hmm. for pitch number three? Pitch number three is the number one show I get yelled at for not having seen already. And that is The Good Place. Okay. Everybody's crazy about this show. I've not seen a second of it. I haven't either. So (laughs) this is season one and two. They're both on either Hulu or Netflix. One of those. Um, And um, uh, yeah, that's just a total of 25 half-hour episodes. So this one is a little bit on the shorter side. But I already put it on the list before I looked up how long it is. And I'm like... No, it's still staying. We could do this in a week, but I already wrote it down on my notepad. What am I going to do? Scratch it out now. Okay. Um, those are all good options. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, however, with a little bit of a break in between there, we might want to start the new year with a bang and go Mission Impossible. Yes! Aha! Good. I'm glad. This was like my secret front runner. Like that one sounds <laughs> the most fun. Like I'm sure Blankets is very good, but boy, I don't want to start 2019 off on a bummer. Yeah, that's one of those. Like I've I've heard it's. I mean, it's an award-winning graphic novel on the bigger side. So yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Maybe we'll end up covering it sometime down the road, somehow, some way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, it, it might be nice to start the year off with some some good old action. Yeah, just action-packed times. I'm very excited about these because they're such a big thing, and I know the tropes. Like everybody's seen the parody of like dropping down from the ceiling on a wire and navigating dun, a laser dun, maze, dun, but dun, like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know any of the stuff around it. I have no clue. So this sounds like a very exciting new adventure. Cool, good stuff. I'm excited to dive in as well because I've only seen that one and it was years ago, so I don't remember anything. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen bits and pieces of the other ones. So who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that is pretty much it. Like I said, be on the lookout for our three-year anniversary yeah. retrospective. Uh, that will be coming to your podcast feeds uh, in the start of January, so in a week or two, if you guys are listening to this as a podcast on the free feeds. Um, that being said, Melissa, where can they find you? What are you working on? What are you doing? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. I've got news about all the Various other podcasts I've been on this year and uh, pictures of cookies I made. Is is your RPG podcast doing any like special holiday like one-off um, episode or something? Like no. That? Uh, oh, oh, okay. My oh, campaigns, oh. my ongoing campaigns didn't have time to fit one of those in. But I did just record a really fun one-shot unrelated adventure for okay. this really cool game called Kringle Cross that uh, the GM made up. And we are all different kids who are taken aboard like a Polar Express type of train and we have to go save Santa. 
There and you it's, go. it's so fun. It's so goofy. I, it I was think it really was, a joy for it. I, th- I think it was the giant bomb cast mm-hmm. uh, that l- last year for their like holiday episodes while they were on vacation, they pre-recorded uh, like a two-part uh like rpg campaign it's just like the most ridiculous thing like imagine like die hard with elves and Uh, like magical snakes and stuff you know we've got magic snakes there you go um but but yeah so that was that was always fun to listen to i don't know if they're gonna do do, do it again this year or continue their story Mm -hmm. from last year i don't know We'll see, but th- th- that's why I I I ask because I know you do some of those. And I was like, I wonder if they're doing anything special. No, we did a one shot, but the campaigns are just slowly chugging along like normal. Maybe next year. Maybe ne- next year. Um, if you guys want to find me on the internet and uh, all the stuff that I'm going to be doing over the holiday break, uh, you can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to be making my parents watch all of the Marvel movies in I'm, order. I'm so excited for this. We could do an entire Captain's Log just on, like, reflections on the MCU alone. Yeah. Um, they've seen a lot of them, but some of the more recent ones they've missed, they live out in the middle of nowhere in mm-hmm. Wyoming, and their movie theater only shows, like, two movies a week. And so, it, like, sometimes a movie will have been out for a month, and it, like, it only gets to them after that month. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm gonna, because we normally like watch TV shows and stuff like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. instead of us watching some kind of TV show, let's just watch all of the Marvel. Oh, that films sounds so fun. And get you caught up and all of this. Now, like, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, that, and I'll have some video games that I'll be playing. Mm-hmm. I'm out there. So yeah, uh, to keep up with the whatnots and everything that we are doing there, follow us on Twitter at the whatnots. If you like this show or any of our other podcasts, patreon.com slash the whatnots. You can throw us a buck uh, and that will get you all of our episodes early. Uh, and in the new year, I guess one of the things we'll mention on the yeah. retrospective, we're going to have a little bit of a new release schedule. So you guys will mm-hmm. be getting the episodes sooner to when we record them. So that'll be good. Yeah. Good stuff. That being said, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Uh, whatever else you guys celebrate, I, I hope you guys are having wonderful holidays. Yeah, uh, and season's greetings to all of you. Exactly. Happy Kwanzaa, or I don't, I don't know what the right thing to say is there. Hanukkah's uh, already gone. I think it's about Kwanzaa times. I don't know. I'm terrible all, at this stuff. It's New Year for everybody. Happy New Year for everybody. Yeah. Hope you guys have a happy New Year, and we will see you in 2019. Adios, guys. <laughs>